The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Welcome to the show. I hope everybody had a great weekend. I hope everybody's ready for a great week. We're going to kick the week off with a terrific discussion with Susan Demeter. Susan is going to talk to us about witchcraft, being a witch, her paranormal experiences. She's a paranormal researcher, also an author, and she's an artist. And she's going to talk about all those parts of her life with us tonight as we chat about... uh, Whenever we talk about witches and witchcraft, there's always a little bit of a gray area. Some people think this is, um, you know, it's it's a topic that involves satanic worship and that kind of thing, and that's certainly not what we're talking about here. But we'll let we'll let uh, Susan explain it to you when she comes on in just a little bit. Anyway, I, I hope you've been well. I hope everybody is staying safe. My voice is a little hoarse right now, which you might be able to tell because I play I played a gig on Saturday with my band, um, and in a year where. Uh, let's see, uh, since January, we've played three gigs. So when we do one, when we play a gig, um, it has quite an effect because, you know, my vocal cords are out of shape. My whole body was like, I felt like a truck had run over me after uh, after playing that gig. It was a lot of fun to play because I love playing. And I've got a great band. These guys are wonderful. Uh, but at the same time, it uh, it was grueling because we're just out of shape. We're not doing it at all, and that's one of the tragedies as well. Not only do I not get to go out and go and see live music, which I love to do, but I can't go out and play live music, which I love to do even more. So it's um, hopefully things those things will return to normal sometime within the next few months. I can give it a few more months, but after that, I'm going to start playing on the streets. I can't do it in upstate New York in in the winter though. That won't work, but. I'll figure something out. Uh, Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. Find us just by searching for JV Johnson and subscribe to the channel. Also on Twitch, if you're a Twitch subscriber or you have been and you used your Amazon Prime account to make that subscription, which means you can do it for free, uh, please go back to the Twitch channel and renew that because they do expire each month and you've got to renew them each month. So again, on Twitch, it's JV Johnson as well. Very, very easy to find. So with that, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll have our guest on the program. And again, tonight we're talking with Susan Demeter, and she is a witch and a paranormal investigator and researcher and an artist. And we're going to talk about all of that uh, on the program tonight with Susan. It's Beyond Reality. And we'll be right back. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash Johaw. That's J-O-H-A-W. Uh, we've got a great program for you tonight. Going to have have a, a fantastic discussion. Our guest is Susan Demeter. Susan is a Canadian-born scholar, author, artist, and witch. And the themes of her writing and her research, her art and spiritual spirituality, incorporate her lifelong interest in exceptional human experiences, the paranormal, UFOs, nature, social history, mysteries, and cosmic magic. And we're pleased to have uh, Susan on. Susan, welcome to the program. Now, where exactly in the world are you? Are you in Italy? Yes, I am. And it's it's very early. So um, <laughs> I've had my coffee. It's about 5 a.m. where I'm at. Well, and, uh, and and hopefully I'll be coherent for you. <laughs> well, we we great yeah. yeah we greatly appreciate you making the effort to uh, make it an early morning to be with us. Um, now you're a Canadian-born scholar, as your bio says. How'd you end up in Italy? 
Actually, I ended up here, um, first of all, through a series of strange synchronicities, because that seems to be the way of my life. And also because I'm married to a, an Italian astrophysicist. Oh, well, there, that'll do <laughs> you could it. Say that, you could say that there is synchronicity and there's there's love. And, and, and if I if I um, if I read everything uh, that you sent us correctly, uh, are you in the northern part of Italy, Italy near Bologna? Yes, actually, I'm in the uh, the Apennine Mountains uh, in a small sort of um, ancient village. Uh, that is very close to Bologna and and Florence. So in the Apennine mountain areas there of Bologna. Well, I have often said, first of all, um, my mother was born in Italy, so that's a big part of my ancestry. And I've been to Italy many times visiting family there. And my favorite city, and I've traveled fairly extensively throughout Europe, my favorite city in the world is Florence. What a beautiful city that is. Yes, yes. It is all, like, I mean... You know, with the art and the history and the food and the people, it's just and I imagine and I, I imagine with it. with your work uh, and your your sensitivities and the things that you've studied as it relates to the paranormal, you must find a lot of energy in cities like Florence, or as you said, uh, an ancient medi- medieval uh, village that you might uh, either live in or encounter throughout um, any part of uh, northern Italy. I would I would assume there's a lot of energy there. Absolutely. Um, and it's, it's sometimes it's um, being a North American, I'm still sort of absorbing the, the, the vibe, so to speak, out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it is it is wonderful. It, the nature here is wonderful. Um, it's, it's almost as if it is uh, at peace with the people here versus where in North America, when I would go out camping, and I would be places where I'd be like totally um, sort of the nature was much more raw Mm -hmm. here. I feel out in the mountains and that there's this beautiful harmony between people, probably because it's been settled for, you know, millennia. Right. Uh, And, and so there's this really, really beautiful vibe that is out here in Italy. Um, It it really is. On top of everything else. Yeah. (laughs) And anybody, you know, and anybody who hasn't had the, the benefit of actually, touring a place like Italy, it's hard to explain the magic. I mean, I just know that, you know, when you're when you're cruising around the countryside, and I did that quite a bit, I'd rent a car and I'd just travel for weeks throughout the Italian peninsula. And, you know, on like every hill there's a little, there's ruins or even uh, in some cases um, a full castle, you know, they're just sitting on these hills and, and just, you know, complete uh, uh, reminders of a, com- uh, what I would say is a completely gone or bygone era. However, the, 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 what, what what should I say? The culture that, that was created by that bygone era still lives with us today in a lot of respects. And I know this is not what we're here to talk about, but I'm just so fascinated yes. by the discussion. And because you're there oh. in the heart of it, I find it very interesting. Oh, yeah. No, it, it absolutely. It is very interesting. And it does lead into the magic. I mean, where I am in particular is there are a lot of um, ancient Etruscan sort of runes oh, yeah. and um, ancient Celtic. Celtic runes. So there's a, there's a huge pagan sort of uh, history here that predates uh, Rome. And um, it's, it's just, it's, it's amazing to be able to, to walk down these sort of cobblestoned uh, roadways in, in the middle of, of sort of the mountains and nowhere where, you know, you know, the ancient hands were on these stones and they were building these roads and so it, it is it is fascinating and it does. There's a huge sort of supernatural sort of um, vibe here as well. 
uh, and including UFOs. So it's it's like there's a lot, a lot happening here. So like let's for the people that are into history, and supernatural and things. Let's get a sense of how you became interested in in either being a witch or just the paranormal in general. Which of those two things came first for you? I think that the paranormal and having supernatural experiences as a child sort of led me down the path to where I am now and to where I'm comfortable uh, acknowledging the fact of, of that I am a witch and that uh, I do witchcraft as a daily part of my life. Uh, I started having experiences as a young child um, with little beings, uh, which as a, as a kid, I guess because my only sort of reference point was watching like Scooby-Doo and shows like that, that I thought these beings were like ghosts right. and they, they frightened me uh, and they startled me and, and, but they also intrigued and fascinated me at the same time. Uh, but as a, um, as, as I became more of a teenager and, and a young adult, I sort of tried to, to put these things off as maybe a bit of, of childhood imagination or, you know, but I mean, they weren't. And, uh, and at the age of about 23, I had a, a experience with a sort of a red glowing orb over a nuclear power installation. And I was with my then brother-in-law. And at that point, as a young adult and being with another adult and, and having this experience and seeing this thing that we just, it, we couldn't be, explain it. It wasn't a plane. It wasn't a helicopter. It wasn't this, that, 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 that that it sort of opened up my worldview. I call it in my book, my first sort of initiation, um, because it, it literally, it served its purpose to sort of initiate me into an idea of another worldview, that there is more to this reality that we don't see or, or experience with our normal senses all the time. Um, and that sort of allowed that flood of, of being able to, to become the witch and to sort of acknowledge my, my sort of psychic side, um, as well as my interest in, in other types of cosmic, what I call cosmic magic. So astrology, uh, tarot, uh, working with celestial energies. This was all sort of initiated by experiences that, um, I don't really like to label them because I don't 100% know what they are, but more commonly people would think of them as maybe UFO experiences. I have so, to, I have to, first of all, I want to point out that your new book is called The Cosmic Witch, and we're going to get into that specifically a little bit further on in our discussion. But I want to go back to these, these uh, childhood experiences you had when you said you encountered these little beings. Um, I'm not certain how you landed on that. Did you ever determine in retrospect, maybe, what these beings may have been? Uh, like I said, as a child, I thought that they could have been maybe maybe ghosts. The right. first one I, I talk about in the book was like a little sort of a, a blue sort of boy that I remember going on sort of flights with sort of um, almost shamanic is what I would use as a term as an adult. But as a child, of course, I didn't have this terminology, but we would go on these flights and we would speak in our own language and sort of in, like in a telepathy kind of way. And then other ones were more like sinister. Uh, as an adult, it was put forward to me that maybe they could have been like a gray alien or something of that nature or some type of little humanoid um, or 
uh, a, a lamb-like creature, like to to borrow from from Alistair Crowley, mm-hmm. lamb. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I to be fair, I don't a hundred percent know, but I. At the time, I would, uh, as, a, as a child, I would sort of line my bed up with my stuffed animals as sort of like a little fort, and they, they really unnerved me. And I would occasionally have what would appear would be like a large wolf, and this wolf would be speaking to me and and would be sort of a protector and would be scaring away these these sort of beings and oh, wow. later on as as a young adult when I would get in when I got into sort of Jungian psychology I sort of sussed out the idea that I was the wolf that I created this sort of wolf being that I was experiencing that was my own protector um and then and this, and from that sort of led into um later studies of mine into sort of these uh shamanic practices particularly of witches here in uh, northern italy uh that were called the benendante which uh translates into the good people or the good folk and they would sort of do these shamanic uh sort of practices to shapeshift into wolves so that they could protect their their villages from what they they viewed as as evil or bad influences. So to protect their people and their crops and that. So I got very interested in that, uh, and and started researching the connections between these types of shamanic practices and and something that maybe I was doing sort of without even realizing I was doing it as a little kid to sort of protect myself. So I, I discuss that in the book as well. The, the, the book Cosmic Witch is in part um, an autobiography. I, I put a lot of my my heart into it and and sort of my experience interwoven with sort of references to all types of witchcraft. Susan, where was mm-hmm. these early childhood experiences? Where were they occurring? Were you growing up in Canada? Yes. At the time, I was born in Toronto. And at the time, these experiences were occurring in a suburb of Toronto. Um, and then later on, as a young adult, I moved to just outside of, of Toronto to Ajax, uh, which is a community in, in Durham, uh, which I experienced there. This is where I, I experienced some of the uh, UFO things that I talked about as an adult. So it's sort of it, it's, it's something that seems to have followed me throughout life. And and I just more or less um I've gotten sort of used to it. I've gotten a handle on it, so to speak. Yeah, there are people that come on the program that we kind of label loosely as paranormal magnets. They they seem to have well more than their share of paranormal phenomena and sightings and encounters. Uh, I don't know if you consider yourself someone who falls into that category, but it sounds like you might. Um, but But I do need to ask you about the witch part of all of this. When did you identify and decide that um that you were a witch when, when did that happen well that that's a that's a, an interesting story in itself um <laughs> i was doing all sorts of i was doing all sorts of things that one would consider um you know uh, part of, of of witchcraft and and i do sort of i follow the the uh the holy wheel and i i sort of i borrow a lot my my own witchcraft borrows a lot from wicca uh but I think that it was really when I was able to sort of come out and say publicly I'm a witch is I was having a a lunch several years ago with a fellow, uh, his name is Dr. Adam Crabtree, and he is a practicing psychologist in uh, Toronto. He's also a fellow of the Esalen Institute in California. 
which some of your your listeners might be familiar with. And he uh, had some very interesting experiences, synchronistic experiences with uh, Bobby Kennedy at the time of the Kennedy assassination. Oh, wow. So he's a very, very interesting, very interesting, very cultured man. And I was sitting there and I was describing to him some of the experiments I was doing in sort of uh, what I would term social sci and based around the Philip experiments that were done in Toronto in the 1970s. So these are experiments to, to try and uh, make this, uh, you know, trying to condense this, make this quick. They were a series of experiments by a group of people, the Toronto Psychical Research Society, who were trying to create a poltergeist um, to see if they could do that sort of like a, like a mind, like with the ESP. Sure. And I figured, and I figured, and they wrote a book, Conjuring Up Philip, which I was, I became very intrigued with. And I ended up trying to do something similar, I thought, with a UFO. And so I was sitting with, with Adam Crabtree and I was explaining to him um, sort of my experiments in psi and, and psychic phenomena and, and the idea of conjuring UFOs. And he said to me, he said, you know, Susan, he said 500 years ago, they would have burned you at the stake as a witch. Mm. And, and it just, it struck me. And I thought, you know what? I, I am doing witchcraft. And it, it is part of my spirituality. I've sort of, um, I, I was a pagan from a very early age. And I thought, you know what? I, I'm just going, why not just come out and say, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm a cosmic witch. And so that's how it sort of evolved. But I mean, I was doing witchcraft before that, but there is such a, a continuation around the word witch that I didn't, I, I was, I was more comfortable telling people at the time um, I was working in a, in a very conservative industry in the insurance industry. Um, I was much more comfortable telling people, oh, I've got this side issue in, in you know, I, I, my hobby is sort of researching UFOs because with that, you can sort of wrap it up in skeptical language and you don't seem to be like the, you know, the crazy person, mm -hmm. but coming out and saying, you know, I'm a witch and, and that there is such a, a negative continuation still. Um, and, and in some places in the world, just saying you're a witch or, or being labeled a witch can get you killed. It didn't even now, um, that I sort of, it wasn't until that point where I felt comfortable, you know, saying, yes, I, I am a witch and what I do is witchcraft and, and, and being very comfortable in my own sort of, uh, skin, so to speak, and being able to, to be, you know, to be able to be, come to a point where I can write this book. I find it fascinating uh, that you had a bit of an epiphany when you were trying to conduct what, what would I would consider, and I think you considered at the time, uh, to be just some some research, basically trying to try and an experiment, which experimenting is part of the scientific method, the scientific process. Um, and then you realized, well, yeah. hey, I mean, it's kind of witchcraft. So I guess that kind of makes me think that one person's science experiment is another person's witchcraft. Where's that line? Where does that line exist? Uh, absolutely. And it's interesting because I've had that discussion with, with my husband before. He's an astrophysicist. Yeah, that was going to be my next question, <laughs> how that goes over with your husband. Well, he kind of keeps me grounded, which is good. But I mean, <laughs> the thing with witchcraft and with paganism in general is that it is so uh, interwoven with the physical world that it actually does work with science. And many of the scientific disciplines, including uh, astronomy and that, 
Uh, these were born of, of, of things like, for instance, chemistry came from alchemy and, you know, these sort of, uh, th like even astronomy is, is astrology with, these were the, they, in the ancient times or the mid middle evil, bleh, medieval times, like here, for instance, in Bologna at the University of Bologna, they were doing alchemy in the university. They were doing uh, astrology in the universities, you know, um, they were playing around with necromancy and things like this. So, I mean, that was considered normal and it sort of evolved into the science that we know today. Uh, so it does, it does work with, in my opinion, um, witchcraft is, is works with science, which is the, the belief in paganism. If you're a pagan, it, it does sort of work with the idea of the physical world because it is tied to the physical world. So let's go back to this experiment. Yeah, let's go back to this experiment that you had been contemplating. I'm not sure if you ever were able to effectuate it, but you were considering uh, kind of using the model of the group that you referenced. Um, I think it was at the Toronto Cyclical Research Group. Is that what it yes. was? Yeah. Um, yes. And and they were trying to yes. basically create a poltergeist activity. And of course, poltergeist activity is often considered to be something that is manifested through, through some type of human activity or behavior. So you were taking that model and you were trying to apply it to the UFO phenomena. So I have a couple questions about that. First of all, did you do it and were you successful? But secondly, at what point did you start to believe that, um, that UFO activity might be something that can be manifested from something that we do as humans, whether it's witchcraft or whether it's something, you know, mind control or whatever it happens to be. Well, uh, I, when I first had my UFO experiences, I sort of, I immediately went to the base model of, of the ETH or the extraterrestrial hypothesis. Mm -hmm. Um, because that was what the literature was that was out there. When I had my first experience, it was 1990. There was no internet. Uh, so I went to to the library and I, I, I found a book by Dr. Alan Hynek. And I tried to write to him. But unfortunately, my letter came back, returned to sender. Um, and he had, I didn't know, but at that point, he had already passed on. Oh, it's a shame. Uh, and... Yes, but I, 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 he, but interestingly enough, it was through my um, finding him that I found out he was interested in the Toronto Psychical Research Society. So there's all these little connections that sort of lead one down a path if you sort of pay attention to the synchronicities. Right. So he was very interested in the Philip phenomena, and I, I was uh, fortunate enough years later to get a hold of some correspondence he had with the Owens who were conducting the Philip group. Well, anyway, it, it, at the beginning, I sort of had this idea that like the, the mainstream for ufology, that it was, uh, you know, that this was ET related. And certainly it still may be. I don't 100 percent know. But the idea sort of evolved through my research that, you know, we've been looking at th this through the lenses of the ETH now for maybe 70 years or more even, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and we really don't have a firm idea. It, it hasn't brought us anywhere. So I started looking at some of the more alternative ideas, things that were put forth by Dr. Jacques Vallée um, that sort of uh, shows that demonstrates that a lot of these experiences, you know, can go back to the fairy faith or fairy lore or even demonic things. So this sort of just got my brain sort of worrying in a different direction. 
And I thought, well, if the Owens, and, and certainly if Alan Hynek was interested in what they were doing, uh, if they were trying to create, now they they did create a poltergeist, but I think that the goal was to create an act, actual an apparition. So what they did is they created a fictional narrative because they didn't they wanted to absolutely make sure that what they were doing was fictional that was coming from the people's mind and it wasn't some other outside entity. Um, that they created this fictional narrative with a group of people that they had pooled from different points in society. Um, the only thing that that was sort of a uh, common amongst them was the fact that they were all very creative people. And so from that, they they sort of talked about and created this fictional story, this group, and in a sort of a seance-like setting, um, they they did manage to create the poltergeist activity. Now, for my purposes, yeah. Now, this was all done in the 70s. And so it was a lot easier, I think, to get a group of people to come out and, and commit to maybe one night a week and, and hang out and, right. and sort of bond. In, in today's day and age, it's a little bit more difficult, certainly now during pandemic, yeah, but yeah. I mean, like to, to get people together. So what I did is I did it, um, I tried to recreate that using, using um, private internet groups. Uh, and I did have some success, and that that's going to be the the sort of subject of uh, the Cosmic Witch Volume Two, which hopefully will be out in 2021, which really dives more into my personal. It's sort of like opening up the magic cookbook, so to speak, and showing people what I did as an experiment. So for anybody who may be wanting to build on that or to do their own experiments, I. I I think that it would be really interesting to to see how other people kind of might be influenced by that. But that is what I sort of did. And uh, what I did is, is sort of pull people together that didn't really know each other and sort of foster a, a sort of um, camaraderie uh, amongst each other. Sort of so we'd be talking on the Internet and sort of concentrating on creating a, a sort of a, a, a light and then a, a sort of a, a spaceship type thing. And what we did is we did um, sort of, uh, we picked six different sort of geo coordinates around the world uh, that are known places where UFOs appear. Uh, and then one that is, you know, th that no one's ever reported sort of, or an area of the world and we sort of just mixed that up and did it as like a double blind experiment. So uh, we got one person who was a UFO experiencer to sort of, that wasn't part of the group, to sort of pick a location and sort of put that away. And for a year, we concentrated and created this sort of um, an atmosphere of creating a UFO. And after, um, after we got confirmation of a potential confirmation on the internet of people seeing a UFO in a specific location, uh, we were able then to go back and look at the geo coordinate matched, which was very, very thrilling for me. Yeah. Um, that, that, so, I mean, all of this could be coincidental, but it, it, it was one, it was sort of the first one that, uh, that we attempted. Now I'm working on one right now, uh, with a different group of people, and it's slightly different parameters, and uh, and 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 I've done other experiments as well, including just writing narrative, uh, just creative play, 
that is fictional in that case, a fictional narrative in a UFO sort of hotspot to see if this will provoke a UFO sighting. So these are some of the things I've done. Uh, I, it's actually, um, I hope I've explained it well because it's. <laughs> yeah, no, I, th- I, I think, think you have. Yeah, I think you have. But, you yeah. know, the fu- I find it odd that, I don't know if odd is the word. I find it curious that, um, you know, ultimately that, and, and I don't know if it was you that decided, you know what, this is kind of witchcraft, so therefore I am a witch, therefore, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit it and I'm going to proclaim it and I'm going to practice it. Um, it really sounds very scientific to me what you were doing. And and maybe that's I mean I'm I'm not suggesting it's incompatible. Um, maybe it's very compatible, but it really truly sounds like what I would consider to be very scientific. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, I I want it to yeah I I sort of I I, I want it to be I I try to wrap it up. I could wrap see I could speak in 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 a, in sort of using words that it would be more say maybe magical. Or I could wrap it up more in scientific language, and it, it sounds like two different things, but it's actually the exact same. Um, I, I do want this to be accessible to others in, outside of the magical community as well. So I am I'm careful how I couch my words, but uh, but I do feel that there is a science to it, and there's a whole chapter in Cosmic Witch which is sort of um, discusses how science is compatible and talks about some of the magical people, um, people like Jack Parsons, for instance, uh, from uh, JPL, who's a rocket scientist yeah. uh, who is also doing all sorts of magic. Um, so I talk about people like that as well in, in the book. Um, and, uh, and, and for me, it goes a, a little bit more in, uh, as far as the witch part is that I, I have, like I said, I have taken on a lot of the, um, the traditions of sort of Wicca, uh, which I incorporate sort of in my own eclectic kind of magic. Uh, and so it's a spiritual pra- practice for me as well as, as sort of the, the scientific sort of experiments on the side that so, I'm doing. <laughs> so help us out. If, if someone were to enter this discussion for the first time, not hear uh, an, an, any other discussion where someone has said they are a witch and they pre- practice witchcraft, so they've got no, no ideas of, of what this really is, how would you define the word witch? Oh, that's a good question because in 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 the book I also discuss how depending upon who the person is you ask, uh, they'll have probably a different answer. It's a very broad and and witchcraft is also that's very right. broad. Um, yeah, for me, it is part of my spiritual practice being a pagan, um, and and it's it's sort of rooted in that sort of revival of sort of ancient practices. Um, so it's, it, it, to me, it, it be, it's more of a religion for other people. It may not be. And some people, they just, they, they, they like the sort of rebellious aspect of, of, of which, so it really, it's, it's an individual thing, whether it's going to be something that's more social or perhaps more spiritual or even religious, it really depends. Um, so I, I discuss, like I break that down, like I said in the, in the book, I break down all the different types and different types of traditions that people follow. I mean, there are some, uh, you know, people that uh, prefer to be in a coven and 
there are initiations to be within the coven. So there's a, a, a hierarchy and, and tradition there. There are other people like myself who I'm, I, I guess I'm a very eclectic person. And so therefore I can't be sort of pinned into one sort of tradition or thing. So I borrow a lot from various traditions and sort of I've created my own uh, my own spirituality, which a, a lot of people do that as well. Um, so it it really, it depends. And then, then there are people who just, you know, they view witch from the, the really pop culture sense, uh, which I also discuss in the books, pop culture influences and sort of, you know, that can be anything from the good witch, uh, which is like, um, you know, Samantha from Bewitched <laughs> or, uh, you know, or, the, or, or, the, or the, the ladies from the craft or, you know, or, or, you know, the Wicked Witch of the West. So it it's really it's it, it's a very broad sort of term, depending upon who you ask. You know, we often talk about uh, people misunderstanding the word witch. I tend to be of a mind, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, and this certainly is not meant to be disrespectful in any way, but I'm, I tend to be in the mind that the definition itself has changed, not that it's necessarily been misunderstood. I think that originally a witch was something that was considered to be, um, if you go by the church's definition, then um, the church in many ways was the group that was prosecuting or persecuting anyone who was considered to be a witch, whether they identified or not, if they were accused of it, they generally got persecuted. Um, but it was intent, you know, it was originally something that was by their estimation evil. And I think over time, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, that it's changed. How do you see it? Uh, well, yes, it, it definitely has evolved. So from the ancient times uh, to uh, about where you you start seeing the, uh, the the witch hunting craze in Europe. Yeah, uh, there was a almost a, a, a sort of a blueprint called the Hammer of the Witches, which was described by certain factions. Not everyone on the in the church uh, or even the state was sort of uh, on board with this idea. Um, but there was the Hammer of the Witches, which was very misogynistic, very very vile. Uh, and, and literally sort of was a blueprint for what we would consider, I guess, the archetype of the satanic, which sort of came from that point uh, in time. And, and it was a means really of, you know, if, if uh, someone, you know, uh, was different or they, you know, they were coming from a marginalized community, whether they were a witch or not. Uh, you know, someone who would be considered by the, the state and undesirable, they'd get labeled this and, you know, they, they would be tortured and, and sometimes murdered. It was, it was horrific. Uh, but certainly the, the idea of the witch sort of blends in with the fairy tale sort of witch of, of you know, being this scary sort of uh, a being, supernatural type being. Uh, so you, it sort of it, it evolves until you get to a point where, um, in more modern times, in the twentieth and early twentieth century, you start seeing a real revival of the old religions, paganism, and sort of a reconstruction of witchcraft in, in I guess, a more positive sense. Uh, so this is sort of going back to the early days of Wicca, and that sort of has you know, all the way through these waves of feminism where you see women really becoming empowered and witchcraft and being the witch, like just the archetype of a powerful woman 
whether she is a healer or a seductress or a, a, a rebellious woman or, you know, or a wise woman. Um, it's, these are all very powerful, strong feminine uh, archetype that I think really appeals to, to women. It's empowering. It's empowering to be a witch. Um, also for, for men, there are many ma male witches as well. But there is that that iconic archetype of the of the strong empowered female that has sort of evolved um, past those dark times of of um, you know in the medieval times where where women and men and children as well were being labeled witches right. and, as a evil thing. Yeah, right. So your book is called Cosmic Witch, and you identify yes. as a cosmic witch. What's the difference between a witch? And a cosmic witch. I just uh, cosmic because my influence and sort of my initiation into the idea of the supernatural um, is something that came through what I would consider uh, the UFO type experience. Mm -hmm. And because at a very young age I was drawn to astrology and and sort of the planets and 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 even and, uh, just astronomy as well. Um, I feel that it, it is something that works for me. And I um, ultimately, I work with various spirits, especially around here in, 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 in Italy and where I am in the mountains. But at the same point, uh, I feel that um, for me, my ultimate deity is a cosmic mother. So I, I really see sort of um, in my worldview uh, that what I am doing is, is sort of a cosmic witchcraft. So hence the name and the motivation to write the book was that to share your story or was it to help people understand what it means to be a witch or a cosmic witch or is it an effort to introduce the idea to other people that you hope maybe there, there'll be others that will see the um value of that lifestyle well originally the this wasn't going to be the, this came about sort of again by through synchronistic experience i met my publisher uh which is le dittori i met um uh claudio who is the sort of the main publisher for that, that company uh i he was just starting up an esoteric sort of branch it's actually it's a chess it's a, it's a well-known chess publication they do and uh and he and I met him and I talked to him a little bit about, you know, my my life and that. And, and he was like, well, what have you ever thought about doing a, a book on witchcraft and sort of, you know, enlightening people as, as to what this means and, and, and who witches are in the modern age? And and I would love to publish something like that. So they initially when I thought I was going to write a book, it was going to be about the experiments. So UFOs and sort of social psi and sort of these types of, of, of ways of approaching UFO phenomena. But when I met my publisher and he said, you know, have you ever thought of doing this? I, I, would, I would be really interested in, in publishing a book about this. I thought, you know what, this is perfect because not only can I put together a really good reference book and sort of explain um, magical thinking and witches and the various tradition of witches, but I can also make it somewhat autobiographical so that that way it lays a foundation for the second book, which will be more about sort of those experiments and sort of uh, using the tools of the witch to explore the paranormal, to explore um, UFO phenomena, something that is, is, is a very different way of, of doing things. 
So this book is a foundation for that. So that's how that came about. So it is really, it's all of those things you've mentioned, but it sort of, it, it came about, it was even as a surprise to me. I, I was, I, I'm so happy with the book and I'm so proud of it, but it, it really was sort of a series of, of little events that sort of put it together. Isn't it interesting? I've, I've had many authors. Yeah, I've had many authors on the program that have talked about the, their books and how when they set out to write something, but as they're writing, something else kind of takes over within them and something else comes out. You know, it, it kind of develops a life of its own. Yes, I, I truly believe that books have a life of their own. It's interesting. Uh, um, yeah. What would you say? What would you say the differences between? Um, I don't know whether you want to do it on a given, like a, an example of a given day or just in general lifestyle between you, someone who identifies as a witch or someone who doesn't. What do you do differently that people that people are not witches don't do or do? Um, it's just it's a part of my daily spiritual practice. Um, it's part of who, what my life is, because I I. I so strongly identify with the witch archetype and, and my own cosmic witchcraft. But I mean, for instance, I have altars. Um, I have my, my daily sort of honoring table uh, where I, I, I am in gratitude. And I, I sort of, I make offerings to the local spirits for, for helping me with my magic and guiding me in ways I, you know, I don't really understand or know. Um, so I, I, I feel I'm in, in servitude to a greater cause or a greater being, uh, and that, that is enriching for me personally. Uh, and it is in, enriching with these experiments, which as you pointed out, they can be, they can be scientific experiments, but I feel that they are served better by my witchcraft. It brings in that extra element that sort of, um, drives them particularly because I'm, I'm looking at examining, you know, what I would also term as an exceptional human experience. Uh, so that, that is what, what I would say would maybe differentiate me, but I mean, it would be no different than maybe somebody who is in, in, in a mainstream religion saying prayers or, you know, it's, it's part of who I am and it's part of my spirituality. Do you have any, or have you had any moral conflicts um, through this process, have you, have you, I mean, I, I'm sure, you know, that, uh, being a child of Western civilization, you know, we have certain, uh, norms that we are, are instilled into us as young people. Uh, did you encounter any moral conflicts along the way, or did you find it completely compatible? Uh, I found that in with my witchcraft and my, my paganism, um, absolutely compatible. I, I was very, I was blessed with, with very um, liberal parents who um, sort of allowed us to, us kids to explore and, and do what we needed to do. Um, my father was a scientist. My mother um, was sort of a, a hippie stay at home mom. <laughs> um, and, and so I, and I was a child of the seventies. So, I mean, it, it, to me, it, it felt natural the only time I had any moral conflict is when um, when I'm doing these sort of experiments and it's involving other people. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, initially I was thinking, well, not necessarily create a UFO, but create a gray alien to see if we can create an apparition of an alien. 
And uh, and I thought about how you could create a narrative and, and sort of make it safe because people have had experiences with these beings that are quite horrific and, and causing, you know, uh, all sorts of uh, PTSD. And, and like there's there's a whole bunch of concerns in trying to create the gray alien uh, or any type of an alien uh, psychologically, uh, if not who knows what else. So these were experience, like I tried to create a narrative of, oh, well, if we if we talk about an alien that's maybe had a crash landing and, and we're helping it, and then, you know, maybe we can send it away at some point. But then I, I kind of scrapped that idea because I, I it's not something I could control and I would not want to, to cause any harm to other people. That's just, you know, not cool. Right. So that's the only area where I've had moral sort of dilemma and not uh, necessarily with the witchcraft, because I don't, I, I don't view it with that lens of sort of like a bad thing or then evil thing or, or, you know, which might be something that, that other people have. We're talking tonight with Susan Demeter. Susan is an author, a paranormal researcher, and an artist. We're talking about her book, Cosmic Witch. Before we continue with the conversation, Susan, where can people, people find the book? Uh, the book is on Amazon, as well as it can be ordered through independent bookstores uh, or my publisher. Uh, you can uh, also, all of the information as to what I'm doing and uh, links to the books. Uh, it's also published in Italian language as well under Lestrega. Uh, it is uh, susandemeter.com. Yeah, I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you. I saw that uh, that you've had some work published in other languages. Is it exclusively Italian or other languages as well? Not that that's any uh, small right task. Now. Not that that's any small accomplishment. That's big in <laughs> itself. But just a, just out of curiosity, yeah, right? Yeah, just right now it's um, it's in English and uh, in Italian, uh, but potentially French as well. So that's something being discussed for down the road. Let's, maybe in twenty twenty. Let's talk about witchcraft again. Another word that some people may take and be concerned with um they may view it as something that is you know is nefarious or evil or whatever word you want to attach to it explain to us what you're talking about when you're talking about witchcraft you kind of compared it compared it to prayer in uh, i think in a few a few minutes ago so explain what it is okay so witchcraft well it, it certainly can be nefarious it really depends on the intention of the witch this uh, to me, witchcraft is sort of, um, how can I put this, gaming reality a bit. It's, it's using our influence uh, to sort of shift the odds of reality to our favor, whatever outcome it is that we want. Okay. How's that for you? That may, that's a great way um, so, to de describe it, yes. Yes. So, I mean, uh, whether it is it's healing or, or, or doing... Um, doing uh, other types of spells uh, or, or just, you know, um, just practicing, uh, you know, like I said, a lot of what I do could be compared to prayer uh, or shamanic type work. Uh, all these types of things, like I said, are if we want to sort of um, shift reality to what we would like, uh, it, these are just means these are all just sort of ritual and 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 tools to sort of gain what we what we would like to the outcomes that we would like sort of 
and and it never really a hundred percent works out to the outcome that you want, but uh, but it sort of it shifts that sort of reality a bit. And does it involve incantations? Does it involve reciting certain uh, words? Does it involve any uh, components? You know, and I hate to use the word potions, but you know what I'm talking about when I say that. Um, does yes. does it involve any of those things? It can involve any of those things or all of those things, depending upon the uh, individual witch or the tradition or the coven. Uh, it really, it depends. Like uh, there's a whole section in the book on the tools of witchcraft. And in the end, I just sort of ended off with saying that the most important tool, of course, is the witch herself or himself. Um, because there's various different ways that, that people um, incorporate different things. Uh, props as might be or tools uh, to uh, in, invoke and, uh, and and enact their own types of witchcraft. So the, it, the, it's it's sort of endless. Um, some of the things I use uh, on my altar are things that I find in nature uh, that um, I sort of create with my art. I view my painting as part of my witchcraft. So, I mean, there's all sorts of different ways, uh, you know, robes, people, people dress the part of the witch. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of it is considered theater. Um, but it theater is, for, wait, sorry magic. to interrupt, but theater for who? For, for the witch themselves? Because who's, is there I other people observing it or not? Well, I mean, it is, it is for the witch herself or okay. himself okay. that sort of allows what I would call psi or the psychic component to sort of activate. That makes because sense. Because that is what, in, in this is the magic part to me. The magic part to me is all related in, 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 in psychic phenomena. So psychic can you give us psi. an example of something you've done recently where you wanted to affect an outcome and you practiced what you would call witchcraft to try to affect that outcome? Um, I, I would say that um, that's something that I do on a, on a daily sort of basis. Can you but give us I a specific, yeah, can you give us a specific one? Like, uh, you know, and again, I don't know what you, what you personally would want to affect, but say you want to affect, uh, say, say you were about, you were going to have a meeting and you wanted it to go well and you want to affect, try to affect that. Is, you know, what would you do? Oh, absolutely. Well, I just, like I said, I, I, I have an altar and I, I have actually more than one altar that I do make offerings to. And I ask the spirits for their guidance and sort of um, the, uh, the, sorry, I'm still, I'm still. No, it's okay. It's all right. It's it's all, yeah, so we're just rounding six o'clock in the morning. (laughs) It's all right. Um, You're doing great. You're doing great. I'm trying, I'm trying to sound coherent for you. Oh, you're doing a great, you're doing a great job. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, basically, I would maybe enact a spell, like if I have a friend who is is in pain or. Okay, that's a good example. That's a good example. So you have a you have a friend who is ill or in pain or something, and you want to try to help them. What would you do? You would you would you use some kind of you know uh, substances and put them on the altar and and, in inside? Give us really an example of the process you would go through to try to affect that. Well, it really, it depends on the, on the individual person. Um, sometimes it could be as, as simple as writing their name. Okay. Uh, and, and sometimes writing a wish 
for instance, um, this Yuletide is coming, so I will put wishes of mine and I will put them um, into a pine cone and I will probably burn it at my altar or burn it on in my on my fireplace. Okay. Um, so these are just wishes that I put out into the cosmos that are my good intentions for people that I love and people I care about and that I might be worried about, especially at this time during the pandemic. Um, so that's something very simple and basic, mm-hmm. um, which I, as, as in my own witchcraft, is sort of um, simple and basic. I have worked in sort of um, what would be termed a more higher magic or ceremonial magic before. But in a general sense, on a, on a sort of a daily sense, as you were mentioning, I do very simple sort of things. And, and mostly um, I keep myself sort of in service to the greater, to the greater cause or the greater good. Uh, that to me is, is fulfilling for me. Sure. Yeah, no, it, it has um, to be, but uh, as you've looked over your um, lifetime of doing this, you know, for, for as long as you've been, you've been practicing this and try to affect outcomes, do you see a, a genuine result from the work? I mean, you must, or you wouldn't keep doing it. I do. And sometimes I'm surprised. Sometimes I'll, you know, like I, I, you know, people will ask, uh, you know, psychics or, or, or people that are doing witchcraft, well, why don't you just conjure yourself up a lottery ticket and win the lottery? And it never, I could never, I could never do that. I don't know what it is about that, but it's just, it's not me. Um, but when I, I do things, um, that are based, uh, for instance, um, in love for another person, mm-hmm. I can, I can synchronicities that begin to occur that sort of guide that person into making decisions on things that are beneficial to them or things that will happen that sort of make the path that they want easier. Uh, I'll probably talk a lot about that in, in the second book as well. Oh, already planning, um, then, a, already planning a second. <laughs> already yeah, being nice. Yeah, yeah, that was, <laughs> yes, that, that was that, that will be the book that sort of is opening up the magic cookbook that will be discussing a lot of these things that you're asking me about. Right. Um, but, for, but, but when I need something, for instance, like if, if I, I remember I, I was broke at some point a, a few years back and, and I really, I, I needed a, a journal or a book that I could write in or something of that nature. And I just, I, I, sort of made this sort of wish out to the universe. And then I, I won this, this $50 gift certificate from a local <laughs> bookstore. And I was able to get little things like that. Yeah. I can manifest um, the bigger things. I think it takes more witches as a group to sort of work together. Mm-hmm. But I mean, these are sort of, I, I, I guess it's because I feel there's that sense of selfishness. So I, I try, I don't overly manif- try to manifest things for me personally. But when I do do things, you know, just to to keep people that I love safe or out of harm's way or things like that, I will do little rituals at my altar. And and, and mostly it involves uh, making offerings to local spirits that I work with. Okay, so I need um, I need to ask you about the spirits because you've mentioned spirits a couple of times. Who who or what are the spirits that we're talking about here? These spirits of nature, nature so spirits, the spirits nature spirits, the spirits of the trees, the spirits of the water, um, the spirits of the earth and air that is particularly those that surround this mountain here. So I like to think of it as the same spirits that the the Etruscans, uh, the ancient Etruscans and Celtic people of of northern Italy would have been working with um, thousands of years ago. 
So uh, getting back to what we were talking about way, way at the beginning of our, our conversation is, is the magic in, in Italy is, is so beautiful and yeah. wonderful that, uh, yeah, and it, it does it because it does go back to those ancient, ancient traditions of, of people that lived here so long ago and were so in tuned uh, with nature. So that is what I am talking about. Um, and occasionally they will gift me with things that, that I need for my altar, um, things that I work with from nature. I have a lot of, uh, of skulls and things like that that, uh, that have just appeared to me hmm. on my sort of uh, mountain village doorstep. <laughs> you've, made, you've made the connection between, and this is, to me, um, a bit unusual, and I think you're maybe the first person I've spoken to, and I've talked to a lot of folks on the program who consider themselves witches, um, but you're the only one I've spoken to that, that makes this connection rather strongly between witchcraft, witches, and UFOs. And you've referenced it a few times already. In fact, it, it was one of the reasons that it, you moved in this particular direction. But again, help us understand what you see the connection between witches, witchcraft, and the UFO phenomena. Okay. On a, on a personal note, it's because I, I think because I've had so many sort of UFO experiences that sort of... Um, it has sort of opened my 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 worldview into something into another realm. Whereas, on a grander view, within my research of historical witches and places where witches would uh, have processionals, there is also a correlation between modern UFO events. So, it could be lights in the sky, or it could even be what people are seeing and experiencing as a structured sort of spaceship. And from that, I sort of make that connection, if that makes sense. It's like there is a, a connection between places where, especially here in Europe, where there was a tradition of, of witchcraft, where there is also lights in the sky, spook lights, supernatural experience, and things that go on in modern times that could be considered UFO-related. So I, I might be jumping to some assumptions or conclusions here, so guide me through this. Um, if okay. you see this connection between witchcraft and witches and UFO phenomena, then are we then talking about the UFO phenomena phenomena not being something extra, extraterrestrial, not being visitors from another planet, but in fact being some kind of manifestation from the magic itself? That is where I'm coming from. Okay. Exactly. Okay. I that now that is my point of view, and mm -hmm. I am, mm -hmm. and and because I when I flip the scientific hat on, I I have to be honest and say I cannot a hundred percent say that that is the absolute truth, but I do believe from my experience that that is exactly what it is. Well, Susan, I think you're in is. safe territory here because I don't think anybody can say with certainty what, what this phenomenon is. That's what one of the things that makes it so fun to talk about is that there's so much mystery surrounding yeah. it. And I'm really, really um, um, pleased and actually interested in, in your point of view here because it's not one that I've heard before. Um, I do have a question that's flowed through my chat room a couple of times. I don't know that I understand it, so I'm just going to ask it verbatim, and I hope it's an okay question. But um, one of our uh, listeners wants to know if you practice blood rituals. Uh, 
Um, I have in the past, but it's not something I would do. What is um, what does that mean, uh, Susan? What is a blood blood ritual? I'm just I, I I would I would use I would I'm assuming that what the uh, what the call what the chat person means is like using blood as part of a ritual, mm-hmm. one's own blood. Okay. I would never use I would never use blood of another being, but I have used blood of my own. Um, as part of trying to enact a ritual, it's not something I do um, on a regular basis. But I have, I have, tr- I've experimented with it in the past myself, my own blood, not someone else's <laughs> or or another being. No. When when we talk about bringing this conversation back to the magic and the and the and the witchcraft component, when we talk about that, when you have success in, a, as you put it, affecting an outcome, where does the energy come from? Where does the force? come from that if that makes that change that that pushes that probability in the direction that you want it to be pushed where is that source that source i would say is whatever it is that is giving us the reality or the what we perceive as our day-to-day reality whatever that source truly is so if if we want to try and and explain it from a, a more scientific point of view, maybe it has something to do with the quantum mechanics or the the, the micro sort of, of, of world that we have or that we live in where things can be changed, matter can be changed, um, time can be changed. The, that sort of something that I can't really, certainly not until I have another cup of coffee <laughs> attempt to explain. But uh, but I think that it is it is that whatever it is that is sort of creating our reality around us, that is what is being manipulated. And I think that one of the things that that should be mentioned, because in case people are like, oh, my goodness, there's, you know, groups of witches that are going to change everything. And then, you know, we're going to be on a completely different planet or whatever. I think that reality has some sort of self healing Mm -hmm. so that. If I if I can enact a little bit of change and maybe you know win that 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 sort of uh, gift certificate from the bookshop that I was explaining earlier, that's one thing. But to do something larger or greater, I think that reality itself heals itself or has some sort of self um, uh, healing or or you know fixing of itself. So that that you can't really you can only do so much. Right. You um, yeah. you referenced your husband's work. Now, I have to ask you, he sounds like uh, he's the epitome of a scientist, a, a scientific-minded person. You said he's an astrophysicist? Yeah, some of your listeners might know him, um, Dr. Massimo Teodorani. He uh, led a lot of uh, the work in Hestalen, Norway, on the uh, mystery lights there oh, wow. okay. in the early. Well, well, I was going to ask someone who is so grounded in science, which I'm assuming your husband has to be for the work he does. What does he think of what you do? And does he participate? Uh, no, like he, he is very supportive, but no, he, he himself is not doing um, witchcraft or would not identify as a witch. But he is very supportive and he is very open-minded as a scientist mm-hmm. um, to the idea that we don't know everything and that there is still a lot more to learn and that there is something to these people's experiences um, because people like myself who have had very strange experiences throughout life and including with other people present, um, you know, there is something more there 
it may not be explainable in scientific terms at, in this sort of epoch that we are in, but that doesn't mean that it's any less valid. It is a human experience. And so that is what I find very fascinating from a research standpoint, and he does too. And of course, is respectful and, and accepting of the fact of my spirituality and, and how I view things. Like I said, it's it, paganism and, 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 and witches who are pagan very much, um, it, it works with science because it is tethered into the physical world. Like, you know, it, it, it's, um, we honor nature. Right. You mentioned uh, the uh, Benendanti earlier. Tell us more about who the Benendanti are or were. And I know also in the book you talk about shamanic shape-shifting. Let's bring all this together. And I think you even make a reference to Skinwalker Ranch, which I'm sure all of our listeners are familiar with. So tie all that together for us. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, it's because of, with the Skinwalker Ranch, they're the sort of those wolf beings. And they remind me of some of the stories of the Benendante. These were witches who lived in the Middle Ages. Mm -hmm. And the reason we know well, the reason we know of them was a fellow by the name of um, Professor Carlo Ginsberg, who was lucky enough to get into the Vatican archives in the 1960s. And he found all this sort of um, paperwork on the on the this documentation of these witches and what they were doing. And part of what they were doing was shape-shifting in a shamanic sense uh, into wolves, and they would protect their villages, and um, they would work with uh, what we would consider fairies and the goddess uh, to do sort of uh, divination to find out what was going to happen in their villages. Uh, and of course, the, the Catholic Church was, um, no, this is this is not good. Right. You know, you, this is you can't be. <laughs> this is when they got word of this. So these, this was all their, their sort of pro, um, persecution. This was all documented by the Inquisition. And so how this all ties in is, is that it started my research down the road because of my own personal experiences with creating this sort of wolf-like being, at which I came to the conclusion that I created, um, to protect myself. This is again back like when they you were doing in your, when you were a child. When I was a child. Yes. When I was a little child. So that sort of to me, there was this sort of correlation. It seemed like, wow, these witches were doing this. And this is something I did, even not knowing what I was doing as a child. So I made that sort of connection. And from there, I started researching more witches from that area and this particular part of Central Europe. And came up with all sorts of interesting um, anecdotes and 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 documents from that era of witch trials, where you have uh, werewolves uh, shape shifting, witches being accused of shape shifting into werewolves, cattle mutilations, mutilations of domestic animals, which sound very similar to things that are going on in the Skinwalker Ranch, yeah. where you have these wolf-like beings that um, seem to be very supernatural, and you have these, these horrendous things happening with animals. And this is how I, I sort of find all these things that are connected. But they are, like I said, they, the, all this kind of stuff will be more part of the second book. 
although some of it, like the shape shifting and the Ben and Dante, and that is discussed within my current book, Cosmic Wedge. So it, it's sort of interesting to me how these modern experiences, which Skinwalker is modern, uh, sort of relate back to these other practices and things, experiences that are described as very similar happening at opposite end of the planet uh, centuries ago. Like if you read them, they're very similar in how they're occurring. If you had um, someone uh, who approached you and said, I am interested in learning more about what you do, obviously your book helps. That's a great start. But what other advice would you give people who find this this discussion we're having very, very interesting? And maybe they say, you know what, this sounds like you know, my universe. This sounds like the way I think. I want to pursue this. What kind of advice would you give them after they read your book? After they read my book, anybody who wants to contact me, I'm quite available online. I, I like to hear from people. Um, and and whether it's people who are experiencers like myself or people who want to pursue these types of experiments that I've been talking about, you can get a hold of me via my website, which is susandemeter.com. I'm going to just plug that one more time. No, that's fine. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And, and and there are many, like the, in, the, in the book itself, there are many sort of different and uh, eclectic bibliography of reference material that I've used uh, in regards to modern witchcraft, in regards to uh, the supernatural, uh, different types of, of experiments. Uh, like I said, the Owen's book on the Philip experiment is what initially uh, sparked my ideas towards trying to create the UFO. And that, I don't know if that's still in print, but you can probably find a copy maybe on eBay or Amazon. Um, so these are types of, of things that I do. Uh, I, I mention on my blog and my website and in the bibliography of the book itself, different sort of references to sort of start people off to doing their own work. And I think that that's ultimately what I'm trying to do with Cosmic Witch is to share my experiences, to share um what I've tried to do and what I'm trying to do and the lenses and tools I'm using to explore UFOs and paranormal and maybe spark other people into doing the same thing uh, or similar or doing their own thing, but with, you know, maybe some inspiration. If I can do that, I'll think it's all worthwhile. <laughs> maybe your book addresses this, um, but what if someone is interested in pursuing this and but they're afraid of the connotations that we talked about earlier in our discussion, or they're afraid what their family will think. What could, what kind of advice do you give someone like that? I think that we have to be true to ourselves, really. In the end, I mean, I understand that, especially when we're we're young. I I, I think that you really have to sort of explore and, and, and be true to yourself. And as long as you're, you feel good about what you're doing and that you're not causing harm to others, then you should be free to explore all these different things. Um, there's no one perfect path if you're looking for spirituality, um, but there could be many, many different paths. And, and it's just something that I would encourage people to explore for themselves. Don't let other people, you know, or their judgments, you know, sort of, I, I wouldn't let other people's judgments sort of cloud what I want to do. We have yeah. to all be true to ourselves. We, 
that 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 would be my advice is to just to go out and 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 do mm-hmm. yeah no i'm sorry the the book is called uh, cosmic witch does do you need to have any uh, uh, uh knowledge ahead of reading this book or is it, is it is it will it make sense to anyone who's interested this this book will make sense to anyone it really is um it is part sort of autobiography and part sort of reference book mm-hmm. Um, it is, it will make sense to anybody because it sort of, it really goes to the basic of what is a witch, um, which is a broad term. I borrow from many, many different traditions discussing different tools of the witch. Um, so no, it it would, it would absolutely, uh, appeal to anybody. I mean, I also talk, there's a chapter in there about male witches and how men channel that female energy, I believe, uh, and, and men can be as well a witch. So that's people sometimes just view the the female witch. So there's all sorts of things in the book that I think would appeal to a vast sort of audience. And we don't want to rush you and we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but you said, you know, you've talked about book number two here a few times. Um, I'm assuming that's something you're working on now. And uh, do you have an anticipated release date for that? And what are the projects are you working on? Uh, That, um, that, that uh, is the first or the, well, the book I'm working on right now is going to be probably I'm hoping for early 2021 is what the publisher and I are sort of kicking around as a date for that one. Mm-hmm. I will be I believe it is next week. I am part of a um, a uh, streamathon for the anomaliesarchive.org, which is a free streamathon for anybody who's interested in and seeing various presentations. I'm giving a presentation on spook lights and it's sort of uh, spook lights as a a pilgrimage or a site of pilgrimage. Uh, And I talk about my work uh, sort of boots on the ground as as a field researcher looking into these various light phenomena, which I've done in North America and as well as I've done in Europe. And so I am doing that presentation and I think it's next Saturday, but you could check it out. It's anomalyarchives.org. It is a uh, sort of a fundraiser, but the presentations are free to watch and there's many different sort of paranormal investigators. So if people are interested in that, that's coming up right away. And then there's another book I'm working on, um, which is uh, more of a parapsychological book, looking at times of crisis, such as what we're living through now, and how the paranormal uh, is experienced in 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 times of war and times of of pandemic, so that's also probably going to be released in 2021. So two books I'm working on, and uh, and this presentation that I've just done, which uh, can be viewed probably next Saturday. I Great. Um, the book is Cosmic Witch. You've told us once, but again, tell us where people can find it and give us your website again. Okay, my website is susandemeter.com and Cosmic Witch, Magic, Witchcraft, and the Supernatural um, can be found on Amazon or can be ordered through your independent uh, local bookstore, which I'm, I'm really always in support of the local uh, business. Yeah, so if you can do that, that would be great. Uh, and yeah, and it's also in Italian, The Witch La Strega. Uh, so either or Amazon, your local bookstore, um, and my website, susandemeter.com. And please uh, reach out to me. I'm always interested in hearing from other people and, and, and their experiences and, uh, and experiment ideas. 
Susan, thank you again for rising above and beyond the call of duty, getting up super early to do this discussion with us. And thank you for sharing your story and best of luck with the book. We appreciate you being here tonight. Well, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. And uh, and like I said, I hope I sounded okay and coherent. I, it is 6 a.m. <laughs> you sounded so great. I'm go have another yeah, I need another espresso. <laughs> yeah, you sounded great, and you deserve the espresso. And please promise that uh, when any of your other work gets completed or anything else comes up that you think is uh, something you want to talk about, you reach out to us, because we'd love to have you back on the show. Will do. Thank you so much. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.